are Locked On Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Tanker. I hope everybody's having a great day. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Going over to rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Great episode today. Uh, we got Ross Colton from the Tampa Bay Lightning on today. Had a great conversation with Ross earlier today. We'll, we'll get to that in just a little bit. But first, remind you, just a huge reminder, to go ahead and follow the show at LO underscore Lightning on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram at LockedOn underscore Lightning on Instagram. Go ahead and like and subscribe to the show on YouTube as well. If you're watching this, you're already there. All you got to do is like and subscribe to it. So as soon as we get new episodes out, uh, you get notified, you watch them right away. Have a lot of great content. Like I said, uh, a couple episodes back, um, we have a lot of great content coming on. So don't forget to do that so you don't miss it. So uh, before we get into today's uh, interview with Ross Colton, let's just talk about a little bit of other sponsors real quick. First all, first off being with rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving the do-it-yourselfers for the last 20 years. Their prices are reliably low. Uh, you could save time and money with their easy-to-use website. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com and write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box, so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. And then let's talk about another one of today's sponsors, and that is DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got a device. You've got a device that, you know, you, you, you're watching one game on there. You're watching another game on there. You're watching your favorite show on, on the phone, laptop, TV. It's a mess. It's a mess. With DirecTV Stream, it brings your live television and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no more need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, and get your TV together and with Direct TV Stream. So go on and go to Direct TV Stream. That's Direct TV Stream. So now we got that all out of the way. Without further ado, here's Ross Colton forward ross colton ross welcome to the show how you doing buddy yeah thanks so much for having me on you know i'm doing well i appreciate it yeah so before we hit the record button we i was just asking you how your off season was going and, and it was funny how basically you didn't really have a day off until probably a couple of weeks afterwards just because you go from playing in the cup uh finals and then you get you're one of the first people to get the cup and and i rewatched the video of you when you were Bring it back to your hometown in New Jersey, uh, Robbinsville. And so tell me about that. Tell me how special that that whole experience was, uh, bringing the cup and just kind of just having your whole hockey journey kind of come full circle. Yeah, no, uh, you know, you, you said it best there. I think uh, definitely came full circle. And that's kind of what I wanted to kind of, you know, plan my day around was, you know, giving it back to the people who, you know, meant so much to me. Uh, not just so much now, but, you know, throughout my entire hockey career, because, you know, I, uh, 
you know, get a lot of credit for it, but, you know, there's so many other people, you know, family, friends, coaches, you know, you name it, who played a huge part in my success. So definitely want to share that with them as well. So, um, yeah, no, didn't, uh, didn't have much time after the parade and whatnot and got that call on, you know, Tuesday, uh, the day after the parade that I was getting it that Friday. So definitely a quick turnaround, you know, my mom had to help me, you know, plan this crazy day. Cause I really didn't know what would go into, you know, uh, making the day so special, but, you know, she did an amazing job, you know, setting it up. I brought it back to my, you know, hometown rank where I grew up playing and then did a little something in my town with, you know, the, the entire community and then, you know, took it down the Jersey shore and kind of had some fun with it. So, um, it was pretty hectic day. I was definitely exhausted, you know, from the, you know, 10 days or so prior, but, you know, it was a really special day. Yeah. Uh, definitely a couple of crazy days that you had a couple of weeks as well. Um, tell me a little bit about the parade. Uh, it's obviously everyone knows by now, uh, lightning, thunder, torrential downpour and somehow Pat Maroon ends up with a dented cup. Were you aware that happened or were you kind of on the other side of the crowd when, when that went, when that happened? No, I was kind of right there. I actually think I watched it happen. Like, you know, I turned around, I didn't think they could. So I remember I was sitting on the couch with my parents cause we had just come back up from, you know, when we were supposed to do the, you know, big speeches or whatnot. And we had just come back up to uh, where the uh, party was being held. And I remember, you know, seeing it and, not thinking too much of it, you know, just thinking it would be fine. But, you know, I think, uh, I, I think they did a good job of, you know, fixing up. I don't really think it was, you know, that bad. So uh, I don't know how much I could say about that. I think we're supposed to keep it on the DL. So, <laughs> but, you know, it's all said and done. It, it was fine. It wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. It, it was funny because uh, a couple of your teammates, actually Pat Maroon and Alex Kloren were on a podcast earlier uh, this off season and Klorn was just uh, joking around saying that Pat did it on purpose. And, oh. and so, was, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. So take me back to the whole experience of getting called up very early on in the season. Uh, were you expecting that? I know there was probably going to be some time at some point in the season where you were going to get called up due to the frequency of the schedule being as it was. And just with the, just the, you know, having injuries going to happen at some point. Were you surprised when you got called up from Syracuse or were you expecting that? Uh, no, I think I was definitely expecting it. You know, I remember, uh, you know, being home during COVID, you know, last year when they won the cup and I was just, you know, super excited to, you know, be a part of the organization. But, you know, at the same time, uh, was disappointed that, you know, I wasn't a part of it. Um, so then, you know, I worked really hard. I think it was like, you know, the entire nine or 10 months, you know, when we were off, when our season got canceled and then, you know, into, you know, when this season started, you know, I worked my butt off, was, you know, ready for training camp. I felt like, you know, I, I was ready to make the team out of camp and felt like I did what I needed to do to, you know, prove to the coaches and, you know, management that I was ready. And, you know, I still remember it uh, sitting in, you know, Julian's office after that last, uh, you know, inner squad scrimmage and thinking, you know, full blown, he's going to tell me that I made the team and, you know, he was, you know, you know, hyping me up, you know, he did this, he did that, he did great. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, oh my God, this guy's about to, you know, hit me with a butt. You're going back to Syracuse. And, you know, lo and behold, he did that. And I remember I was so frustrated and so annoyed that, you know, I didn't know what to do. I I, I felt like I had just worked so hard and, you know, I felt like my time was ready, but, you know, I just went back to Syracuse with the right mindset and, you know, kept working hard. And, you know, I think I, I was down there for, you know, two weeks and then got called up and, you know, I just went up with the mindset of, you know, do everything you need to do, be a pro about it. And, you know, don't look back, you know, once you get your shot and, 
you know, that's how I approached every day. And, you know, I was lucky enough to, you know, play with some great line mates and, you know, Patty Maroon and Matthew Joseph from the start. And, you know, we just had, you know, great chemistry and, you know, luckily I was able to, you know, stay in the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that you keep talking about is preparation. Now with everything surrounding the pandemic and COVID and just games getting canceled here and there, how has that affected your preparation uh, in the off season as well as during the season, uh, especially when it's your first season up at, in the NHL? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I think definitely last season was super tough because, you know, usually you have, you know, you play all season, then you have uh, two or three months and, you know, you can maybe take a month off and then you have, you know, in that time, you know, you're getting your body right, you know, you're healing up. Um, but, you know, last, I mean, I call, I keep calling it summer, but it was almost a year of, I think it was nine months of training where, you know, I had to work with, you know, my trainer back home and, you know, my coach that I skate with, of you know, work management and, you know, workload of, you know, how much do we skate? How much should I be lifting? Because, you know, my body's not used to training for that long of a stretch. So I didn't want to, you know, overdo it or, you know, come in too bulky or too strong. And so you kind of kind of manage that. So, you know, we did a good job of, you know, working hard when time needed to come and then, you know, giving my body a rest when we felt it was appropriate. And then, you know, kind of this season was a little different because from the minute I got called up, it, it's kind of, you know, game day, day off game day. So it, it wasn't as, you know, crazy, but, you know, we didn't have as much time to, you know, be in the gym or, you know, ha have some off days. So I, I think that kind of worked to our favor a little bit, you know, because I feel like, you know, we have such a strong team that, you know, we uh, we did a good job of, you know, preparing and, you know, the coaches did a good job of, you know, keeping us rested and kind of, we were always ready to go when, uh, you know, the puck dropped. So um, I almost liked it better because then, you know, there's less practice time, you know, you're just ready to go for all the games. Yeah. And that's what it seems like a lot of the players around the NHL, they actually preferred this schedule of just one day off, one game on one day off. Yeah. And it's interesting just because you would, you know, you saw a lot of guys break down during the regular season. Um, most notably on your team, obviously, the Steven Stamkos, and you didn't get to play with uh, Cooch until the playoffs. What was it like just having those guys in the wings, even though they weren't on the ice with you full time? What was it like having those guys kind of just in your ear telling you uh, how to approach situations and just, you know, having that veteran leadership? Yeah, no, it's it's honestly unbelievable. I think I've, you know, tried to talk about this before in other interviews I've done. It's just I was such a sponge from like the day I got called up because you just look at how these guys prepare and, you know, you go down the list of like, like you said, Point, Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman, McDonough, like they're just, they're so good. And it's not just because of just God-given talent. Like they work so hard. They put so much preparation, you know, in on and off the ice. And, you know, they're given a hundred percent every practice, whether it's, you know, on the ice or in the weight room or in the film room, like, you know, they're that good for a reason. So kind of just always was watching how they approached and, you know, attacked every day and, you know, uh, you know, just seeing, uh, you know, Cooch be an example of, you know, how hard he was working to get back for the playoffs and, you know, coming in and making such a huge impact for us was, you know, unbelievable. We couldn't have done it without, you know, him, obviously. So, you know, it, it's just awesome to see how those guys attack each and every day and, you know, kind of just, I've always looked up to them and, you know, they're great when, you know, you need a little bit of advice here and there and, you know, playing with those guys, just, you know, talking to them, Hey, maybe should I do this, do that? You know, they're that good for a reason. So it's, it's awesome just being in the locker room with them. Yeah. And it definitely takes a little bit pressure off of you when you have guys like Ryan McDonough, Victor Hedman, Mikhail Sergachev on the back end for you, as well as the greatest goaltender in the world, Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah. How, 
how much pressure did that really, you know, allow, how did that allow you to, to, to maybe just work on your game and say, all right, I don't have to do or worry about a hundred million things on the ice. Cause I got these guys uh, behind me. Yeah, no, I think it, it just, I think you said it best, you know, with that decor and then with Vazzy and the, in between the night, you know, we're, we know we're going to, you know, be solid on the back end, you know, night in and night out. So I think that allows us to, I don't want to say take, you know, more chances, but I think, you know, that allows us to play a certain style of play where, you know, we like to get our D involved. We like to, you know, maybe run some plays here or there, you know, take chances off face-offs because we know, uh, you know, not that it's okay to slack in the DN, but, you know, we have, we, we know that he's going to be kicking back there night in, night out. So I think it just allows us to, you know, game plan a certain way and, you know, once uh, we get the flow of the and the pace of the game, kind of, you know, feed off him, see how he's, uh, you know, reacting to what we're doing and and kind of go from there with that. So, uh, you know, night in, night out, we know we're going to get great goaltending either way. So it, it's a little, uh, I would say, weight off our shoulders. Yeah, definitely. And you got great goaltending during the playoff run. And really, if you look at the bracket, as opposed to how the games actually went, you guys kind of sailed into the Stanley Cup finals for the most part, except for that matchup against New York. Uh, was there any point where you guys actually spoke about it out loud? Because I know some teams, if, if they, they're kind of superstitious, and we'll get into that a little bit because the Lightning are known as one of the more superstitious teams <laughs> in the league. Uh, you, you, you go through Carolina, you go through Florida, and really not long series there, and then you have a seven-game series against the Islanders. Uh, was there any point where you guys felt like you were backed up against the wall other than the Islander series? Uh, I mean, I don't know. That first Florida series was, you know, really tough. I think, you know, losing Barkley Goodrow, you know, hurt us a little bit. And then, you know, I think the big jump with that was, you know, the entire season we played in front of, you know, five to maybe I'd say 10,000 fans and, you know, some of those arenas. And then I remember that was my really first taste of playoff hockey. And I remember skating out in warmups and, you know, there was 20,000 people at that, you know, first Florida game. So that was, I think, a little bit of an adjustment for us. Um, you know, we went in there and, you know, I forget if it was the first game or game one or game two, I think we stole one. And then, uh, so coming out of there up to nothing kind of, you know, gave us a little bit of boost of confidence, but you know, I'd say that Florida series was tough. And then, you know, even the Carolina one, I think, you know, what do we win in? We went in five, yeah. but you know, they still, they still played us, you know, super tough. And a couple of those games could have went either way. Um, and then obviously the, you know, uh, Islander series, you know, game seven, you know, winning on a, you know, shorthanded goal. And, uh, you know, th that was, that could have went either way. And then, you know, I think the the last series there, you know, we had, we had all the confidence in the world. And then you know, I've said this before, and I think even Cooch alluded to it in one of the interviews he did, but, you know, when we lost that, you know, game four in overtime and, uh, you know, outside of their rank, you know, their fans were, you know, going crazy. Um, you know, I think they like it was almost like a riot or something where we had to stay in the rink for an extra you know, hour and a half because our bus literally couldn't leave the building because there was too many people in the streets. I think that gave us a little, you know, bit of an edge because, you know, we didn't want to come back there and, you know, have to experience that again. So that kind of ticked us off a little bit. So, I mean, you know, I think it, it, it seems like we kind of rolled through, but, you know, every series had its ups and downs. And but I think we all, all around did a great job of, you know, managing each one. And, you know, and when, when Vazzy's getting a shutout in you know every series clinching game yeah. I think that you know <laughs> that doesn't hurt either yeah absolutely and uh in in that first Florida series you, you said you know getting a taste of playoff hockey for the first time uh what were the nerves like in the tunnel before you went onto the ice was there any veterans that came up to you before the game and and the other 
uh, younger players on the team that came up to you and, and kind of tried to calm you down? Or was it just kind of something that you needed to work out on your own? Uh, you know, you know, guys, there's, I think no one wanted to really change anything. You know, I wasn't going to, you know, change the way I played. I think, uh, you know, from once puck drop, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm always just kind of ready to go. You know, you, you get that first shift out of the way, get the nerves out of the way, and then it's just, you know, game on. So, um, you know, that series was a little different because I think I, that was when, you know, Goody was hurt and then I filled in with, you know, Colsey and Gordo. So, you know, I was always in the flow of the game and, you know, those guys are always talking and, you know, great veteran leaders who are kind of just always a hey, player game. You know, if you got to hit somebody just to get the nerves out, you know, you know, run somebody over your first shift and then kind of, you know, let's let's play our game. So, you know, top to bottom, you know, our lineup, we got everyone who's, you know, going to be talking on the bench, calming you down. So, um, you know, obviously I was a little nervous and, you know, it was a little different for me, but, you know, I, I kind of like games like that, you know, it kind of, you know, gives you a little bit more energy and kind of gets you into the game kind of better than playing in front of 5,000 fans, you know, compared to 20,000. So, you know, I, I'll take it. Yeah, those are the definitely the kind of games where once the puck drops and the energy is already high enough and once you start skating around, I think you really start to forget what kind of game it is. You just go out there and play yeah, the game, really. Exactly. So now the Stanley Cup Finals come along. You're playing Montreal, a historic franchise in the NHL, and you have a chance to sweep. You don't get the job done, unfortunately, and then you go into game five. Were you guys chill going into game five or was it kind of a, let's just wrap this up now before we give these guys any kind of energy or momentum going forward? Yeah, I think that said best, you know, I felt like we were in the driver's seat at that point, you know, we were up three, nothing, um, you know, and then we, we lose in overtime. So, I mean, that game could have really went either way. I feel like we could have finished it there, but uh, you know, I think they dominate us in game two. I think they pretty much outplayed us and, you know, we end up, you know, winning that one. So we almost looked at it as, okay, you know, let's just say we lost game two, but we won, you know, game four, but it was really vice versa. So it was like, we were in the driver's seat, you know, up, you know, three, one, you know, we didn't want to look too much ahead, but you know, we're on home ice, you know, we've been, we've been good at home ice. I think in the back of our head, we kind of knew too that in the last two playoffs, you know, we hadn't lost a game, um, you know, after losing one. So, you know, we were, we felt fine. You know, we felt like we were playing the right way. We didn't really want to change anything. We knew, like I said before, Vazzy was going to be ready to go. And if we kind of just, you know, played the right way and, you know, not tried to, you know, be something that we're not, we would be fine. And I think that's how we approached the entire game. And then kind of, I think uh, being at home, being able to clinch was uh, in the back of our heads as well. So uh, we wanted to do that for sure. So, you know, glad that we pulled that one out. Yeah, absolutely. And, you guys kind of lucked out with the way things happen in terms of Montreal actually clinched before you guys wrapped up the Islander series. Uh, Cause I was going to ask, you know, you have Montreal waiting in the wings, but you also had the possibility before that of playing Vegas. Was that any, was there any conversations about like, Oh man, if, if we don't play Carey Price and the Canadians, then we got to face flurry in Vegas. I, I mean, really, when you look at it, it's, 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 there's no, there's no win-win situation when you come against those two guys. Uh, was that, no. Was, no, there's no conversations <laughs> at all with that. Uh, no, not really. I think the only thing that was talked about was we thought it was funny. was like, you know, we're either going to, you know, play Vegas and you're going to play in front of like 20,000, you know, people, you know, uh, probably no COVID restrictions, you know, it would have been a free for all compared to, if we win and we play, you know, Montreal, we're going to have to go to Canada and we're basically going to be on lockdown again. So that was kind of the only uh, topic that was discussed. You know, we knew either way who we were going to play. It was going to be a tough series. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, I, I think at the, 
it was the better matchup anyway with Montreal, all things considered. Mm -hmm. Uh, So game five, uh, you get set up for the game winning goal, obviously. Um, Savard sets you up with a great pass. Uh, Were you at all surprised with how much room Price gave you down low? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I just remember how the play worked out, it was, you know, Stammer kicked it up to Mac and then Mac did a great job of, you know, walking the line draw on those two D and then, you know, savvy come down the wing. And then, uh, you know, I've said this before, I think you just, you know, talk from a young age, get to the front of that, you know, that's where good things happen. And, you know, I, I've said this, you know, a lot, you know, savvy did all the work and those guys, I kind of just put my stick down and, you know, he put it right in, you know, he gift wrapped it for me to, you know, put it in. So, you know, like, uh, I think he, he, he was in a tough spot, you know, kind of having to, you know, respect, uh, you know, savvy coming down the wing. Cause I think he could have walked it to the net too, if he wanted to, but uh, so we kind of had to cover two guys and, you know, luckily I kind of just got great body position there and, you know, he put it right on my stick for me. So it was, on, it was honestly a great play from everyone on the ice. Yeah, absolutely. And can't talk about the playoffs without asking you, uh, you know, like I said before, it has been documented that this Tampa Bay lightning team is very superstitious. Are there any superstitions that you have before the game or maybe between periods that you carry with you and, uh, out of all your teammates, who probably has the weirdest kind of pregame routine out of all of them? Ah, uh, you know, that's that's tough. I, I mean, I'm a little superstitious. You know, I like to – I don't know if this is superstitious, but I just don't really like to change, you know, what I eat, what I do, um, you know, prior to the game and stuff like that. And then, you know, I kind of have, a, you know, my certain handshakes I do with each guy before, you know, each period of going on the ice. And then, you know, you can go down the list. You know, uh, I would say everyone pretty much is. Everyone has their, their you know – little things they do with you know certain guys I don't I can't really pinpoint one that might be more superstitious than the other and then I don't even know if I'm allowed to give out what they do so I don't even know if I'm going to say that but everyone's pretty superstitious in their own way and but I don't really think anyone should change anything because right now I think it's you know working for everybody yeah all right that's that's fair enough you know you don't want to give up anything from from yeah teammates so uh this offseason has been pretty eventful for you you guys as a team, not only with the cup, but just with all the moves with the expansion draft and the draft. Uh, going into the expansion draft, were you guys texting back and forth, or did you kind of know that it was Yanni's number that was going to be called in the coming days? Uh, no, I mean, we have our, like, team group chat, and, you know, no one really talked about it because it's kind of a, I would say, sensitive subject of no one wanting really to be the guy to go because, you know, we obviously would have loved to bring back everyone on the team, but obviously, you know, that's a business and, you know, whatnot. But, you know, once they kind of released the uh, the protected list and, you know, who was getting protected or not, I think everyone kind of had an idea of who they were going to take. And, you know, uh, it sucks to see Yanni go. You know, he was, you know, unbelievable, you know, guy for our team and, you know, unbelievable for this organization for, you know, a while now. So uh, once they released that, I think kind of everyone had an idea, but no one really wanted to talk about it. And then, you know, once it got released that he was being taken, you know, everyone kind of just shooting him a text and, you know, a message in the group chat, like, you know, thanks for everything. You know, you were awesome, you know, for us, you know, your family was great. You know, we're going to miss you. I'm sure the city's going to miss you and kind of best of luck, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, it was one of those things definitely where, unfortunately someone had to go and there was actually talk that heated up i was hearing through some people that actually matthew was going to get picked last minute and then i guess uh seattle decided to go with the safer you know more more because i think if seattle didn't pick yanni i think a lot of people would have been upset from the seattle point of view uh so now you have some new teammates coming in you have pierre edward belmere Corey perry who is very familiar with this lightning team you played against him in the stanley cup final and he was with dallas uh a couple of years ago when they played Tampa in the Stanley Cup final. 
Um, how do you, how do those guys uh, really, what do they bring to the table for you? And, and what, what have you guys spoken to each other at all yet? Or is this kind of, you're just waiting until training camp to kind of, you know, uh, to speak with them and interact? Yeah, no, I think uh, haven't really spoken to them. I don't think they've, you know, been added to the group chat or anything like that yet, but you know, they're two, you know, uh, well-known guys around the league. You know, I don't know too much about, you know, Pierre, but, you know, just from, you know, watching him and, you know, seeing what he's done, you know, with Colorado and, uh, you know, he, he's obviously a great player. He's going to, you know, win face-offs and, you know, be, a, you know, a great PK guy and, you know, probably great, you know, veteran leader in the locker room. And then, you know, obviously Perry, he, he's been unbelievable for so many years now. And then, you know, it, it just shows, you know, the type of guy he is. He's, he's obviously a winner wherever he goes, he, he contributes and, you know, still at, you know, that age, he, he can come in and, you know, make a huge impact for any team. You know, you see that with, you know, going to the cup finals in Dallas and, you know, putting up numbers. And then, you know, again, last year with Montreal. So, you know, I'm excited to, you know, play with both of them, you know, see what, you know, same thing that I said before about other guys, see how they, you know, you know, what's the word I'm looking for, carry themselves, you know, on and off the ice and, you know, being, you know, veteran guys who, you know, know how to succeed in this league. So I'm just excited to, you know, be a part of that. Yeah, great. I would, I would love to see how those guys, you know, really right now is this projected. It looks like those two guys are going to be on the fourth line with Patrick Maroon. So that's going to be an absolute bruiser of a line going forward <laughs> uh, in, the, in the regular season. Now, just to wrap things up, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this. Uh, how much of an impact has Coach John Cooper been on you in your development over the last season? Uh, he's tapped to, to lead the, the, the Canadian team in the Olympics coming up in Beijing. Uh, but just, you know, from that one-on-one standpoint, him being the coach of the Lightning, of course, how how essential has he been to your growth at the NHL level? Yeah, no, Coop's, Coop's been, you know, huge for me. And uh, just I remember from, you know, being there in training camp and him, you know, pulling me aside and saying, you know, you got a great opportunity here, you know, be ready when your number's called, you know, you know, just play your game, don't try and do too much. And then, you know, I got sent down. And then when I got called back up, you know, he, he talked to me and said, you know, we want you here all along, you know, you deserve to be here, just, you know, play your game. And uh, I think it kind of showed throughout the whole season of just, you know, him believing in, you know, me and putting the confidence in me to, you know, play night in and night out and, you know, playing in all the playoff games and, you know, playing in certain situations and, uh, you know, I just remember, you know, one of the moments that stuck with me was, you know, he always had me on the penalty kill in practice and, and all the penalty kill, you know, videos and meetings. And then, you know, uh, I remember, I think it was like, might've even been like game seven against the Islanders or, you know, when killer killer got hurt or, or not killer got hurt. That was in the uh, Montreal series, but you know, somebody got hurt or somebody was in the penalty box and then he threw me out there on the penalty kill. And it was just, you know, to me, that just goes to show he had me in all those meetings. He trusted me. And uh, so when my number was called, I was ready to go and I knew what I needed to do. So, you know, just little things like that were, you know, were huge and just goes to show that, you know, he obviously knows what he's doing. He knows it takes some win. So he's been awesome for me and, you know, for the rest of the team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's definitely, I think one of the most, underrated coaches right now in the NHL you don't really even though for his resume speaks volumes you really don't hear a lot about him uh in the conversation yeah. right now so before we let you go real quick uh how, how have you guys spoken about a three P yet or are you just not even discussing it yet until uh-huh. no I don't think we I don't think we can discuss that yet I think we just <laughs> we're gonna enjoy this one and then all I'll say is that you know everyone's working hard and ready to go for game one and you know we're excited to you know get back out there all right that's great. So, Ross, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Good luck on the season, and uh, we hope to have you back on at some point. Yeah, no, for sure. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. 
And once again, thanks to Ross Colton for coming on. Uh, fantastic interview. Fantastic time talking with Ross about everything. Uh, with last offseason, this offseason, how he prepared between games, that was all really fascinating. You know, a lot of these guys have routines that they've been having since junior hockey and since even before, even when they were in, in you know, peewee. So, you know, sometimes that might be a little difficult to break out of that. But Ross, you know, being the professional as he is, uh, was able to adapt and contribute right away to this team, as you saw, uh, throughout the season, as well as in the Stanley Cup playoffs, most notably the Stanley Cup finals. So, yeah, great time talking to him. We hope to have him on at some point during the season or even after the season. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Before we wrap things up on today's show, I wanted to talk to you about our last two sponsors, one of them being Built Bar. If you are a listener of the show, a regular listener of the show, you already know that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar in the world. They have so many delicious flavors. So you have a, a choice for everybody, depending on what your taste buds dictate. You got coconut, cherry bars, cherry barcia, uh, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate. The list goes on. And the best thing about this is that they're completely and 100% healthy. So you could eat them before the gym, after the gym, as a meal replacement. It really all depends on where you want to eat these things because don't worry, you will not regret eating them. They got 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs. And so amazing flavors, all tasty all healthy so order today and get grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like built bar is the official protein bar of the u.s track and field team isn't that awesome so you know that if the u.s track and team people are eating them you know how healthy these things are so go over to builtbar.com use promo code locked on 15 you'll get 15 percent off your next order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com and let's talk about our last sponsor today and that is betonline.ag. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest Open now only at Bet Online. Head to the website and use your mobile device or sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener. So between the Super Bowl, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Dallas Cowboys. So, and if you lose, your wager will be 100% refunded up to $25 for new customers only when you sign up and use the promo code. NFL 100 from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas cards, casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available or available at the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget to use that promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on, and you'll get a 15% welcome bonus. That's locked on at betonline.ag. So, once again, thanks everybody for showing up again for this youtube if you're a youtube video if you're watching this on youtube if you're listening to this on whatever podcasting platform we're available everywhere spotify apple tunes google play uh you name it odyssey we're there uh be sure to like and subscribe once again turn on those notifications whether it's on the app or in youtube so as soon as an episode drops you'll be notified and once again go ahead and follow us on twitter and instagram and also give me a follow 
on Twitter at Danky Dank D E N K Y D eight and K for just any news whatsoever. Got some projects I'm working on on the side outside of Lockdown, so don't forget to check those out as well. So that's been it for today's episode of Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.